Firstly, you've got uh, a guy in your church that I interviewed last year, Mark Stevens, who used to be on Neighbours. How's Mark going? <laughs> well, now he's my son-in-law or one of them, so he's going well. Uh, he came over to this country ooh, probably uh, 12 or more years ago now, and uh, he came on staff with us in the worship team, one of our worship pastors, and he's still doing that, but he's now doing more. I turn around the world and the country. He's just finished his second album. He's doing great. He's two of my grandkids and uh, married to Beth, uh, one of my twin girls. I've got four girls, married Beth. So they're just at the road from us. I see him all the time. He's doing fantastic. He's a great guy. If, if Australia wanted to have a good advertisement for uh, model Aussies, he's one of them. <laughs> well, of course, he used to be on uh, Young Talent Time and uh, right. Neighbours, of course. And also he yes. sang for Hillsong, didn't he? That's right. He sang for Hillsong for years, actually. In fact, that's where my daughter spotted him. She saw him on a DVD and, and said, Dad, I'm going to come with you to Hillsong and I, I'd like to get a date with that man on screen. I'm sure she was in a long line of people as well because uh, he was a stunner and still is although he's put a bit of weight on him recently. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so she did. So we went to Hillsong when I was speaking there uh, in the late 90s at the conference and she met Mark and they had a coffee and dated and, uh, and they finished up married and coming here. Well, Sydney to Bradford. I mean, if you don't know Bradford, uh, coming here from Sydney, it, it's got to be God plus testosterone because even God alone won't be enough to get you to swap Sydney for Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a wonderful story. Uh, it's amazing when you, you have faith and you believe and you have vision for something, it may come to pass, yeah, eh? There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> that girl went after it like you don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Now, tell us a bit about your church. Uh, I've, I've actually seen it on TV a number of times as well. I think you featured on the Australian Christian Channel in Australia. Yes, well, we're Life Church now. We were Abundant Life Church, and I transitioned to the next generation to lead it about four years ago. But that's my home church. I've been there for, oh gosh, almost 40 years now. I've been 33 years uh, full time there, uh, leading it at the church. But it was started in the house church movement in this country in the early 70s. And then uh, I became senior leader probably about 20 years ago. Then five years into that process, I transitioned the church in a journey called Crossing Over, which is a book I wrote. I realized our church was doing well, but that was the problem. We were comfortable. We were looking inward and not aware that we were quietly kind of dying and losing relevance to the unchurched. Late 90s, I reinvented it. Out of that came the new church now that we are kind of 15 years on. 
It's a wonderful uh, story of, uh, you know, not just sticking to traditions but uh, moving with the yeah. times. And uh, I know you've got a, an inspirational uh, leadership uh, masterclass that you like to, to share and you're coming down under to share a bit later on uh, this year. Tell us a, a bit about uh, what you're bringing to Australia in your messages. Well, leadership is implicit in everything I do now because I do three things really now. I, I train and teach and raise up leaders. I uh, do the communication masterclass around the world, and I do an event called Growing Big People. I think those things are the three DNA strands, if you like, of what I now feel I'm supposed to be doing with my life. The communication masterclass really came out of a desire to have back to emerging communicators, even established communicators, because I think you have to keep pressing refresh on your communication gift, uh, especially if it's like a local pastor where you're doing it week in, week out, and the demand of that can be quite intense. And uh, we don't get time to grow ourselves, but the only way to is to improve us. When I started communicating uh, in the church and preaching, I got really no help, and the help that I got was it was all about the anointing, and I didn't even know what that meant. So if you did well, it was the anointing. If you didn't do well, no one said anything to you. <laughs> so I was like... No one said to me, this is your gift and you have to work on it like any other gift. Almost to work on your gift was seen as a sign of ego or arrogance. So we kind of didn't. And it was random was our ability to sustain a good level of communication because we were all waiting for this thing to happen or not happen on any given day's speaking moment. So I realized years into that journey that I wasn't getting any help, and I wanted help, so I couldn't find any. I really couldn't find any help in the church. There was teaching on homiletics, but that was very theological and, again, very mystical, and it was all about preaching. Mine's communication masterclass, not preaching, Matt, because I think preaching often is not great communication. Communication is different to preaching. Preaching is one form of communication, and, of course, I've done that most of my life, but communication, I've discovered, is a much more generic term, and I don't want to rule people out that are not in the church from coming to the masterclass by calling it preaching. I think um, it's, it's such an important thing these days because uh, we have so many voices speaking to us wherever we go, yeah. and we need to make sure we know how to communicate well. And one of the topics I know you tackle in your masterclasses is uh, listening. You know, People don't listen with their ears. They listen with how yeah. they think. Just speak yeah. into that for us a little bit about understanding about how people listen. Well, I think as communicators, we tend to default to our side of that scenario. So I see communication as a dialogue, and, and we listen to our side, and we prepare what we want to say, and then we try to say it well. And really 90% of the whole communication event is spent in our shoes. And I think that is a weakness and a flaw in us as communicators. And what I realized was, that if I spend more time in the shoes of the listener than in my shoes as the speaker, I become a better communicator because I become aware. And of course, we are all both communicators and listeners, but as, as people that communicate a lot, we forget what it's like to be a listener. And I realized that as a listener, as I'm listening to a speaker, that as they're speaking, I am doing something different with it in my mind than they intended me to, and that we all instantly effortlessly do that because we don't listen with our ears we listen with this internal mechanism this internal wiring this internal belief system we all have 
that makes no sound, nobody can see it, but what it's doing is completely rearranging and giving a different interpretation and doing something different with what the speaker intends. And I think we have to immerse ourselves in how people listen in order to communicate better, because what that does is it lets you get inside people's heads more. So what got Jesus in trouble was not what he said, it's what that made them think, because when he said certain things, their internal self-talk made them come up with conclusions and made them come up with uh, resistance and anger and frustration, and he understood that. So the Bible would often say, knowing what was in their hearts, he would say. In other words, he'd spent a lot of time, probably in those silent years we hear nothing from him, he'd spent a lot of time studying people, realizing what makes people tick, and understanding how to connect with people in a very fundamental way, even though they were not necessarily his fans or followers. I think it's uh, absolutely inspiring to hear uh, you throw out a challenge to people to communicate better as well. One of the other topics that you tackle is that the best communicators have mastered the art of capture, and you teach people how to become a master of capture. Uh, just speaking to that for us, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I think like a camera captures, a, captures an image that it's pointing at. I think as communicators, uh, and communicators that are outstanding, by the way, in all walks of life, they do this. Now, whether they use this language or not, I don't know. But if you listen to outstanding communicators um, in, any, in any sphere, you realize that much of their inspiration is coming from things they capture. Um, it's like screen-grabbing something on your iPad or your phone. They have learned to train themselves to grab an image, to take something from what's going on, to find something extraordinary in an ordinary moment, to find something... Um, interesting in what others think is a dull situation and they've learned to capture something going on and out of that capture they have developed it into um, an inspirational thought, idea, presentation, product, um, invention and so on. And so what I think we have to do is live much more as communicators deliberately and intentionally instead of randomly wondering well that was a great thought I had it's training ourselves to, to capture those great ideas more regularly as communicators. And then as preachers and pastors, especially, my traditional way of getting a message was sat down at a desk with my Bible and studying. And so it limits your ability to know what to speak about, because we always start with the Bible. We always start with, you know, David or with Moses or with Jonah or with Joshua and, and so we are, we are all finish up really picking the same subjects and, and by and large saying the same things about the same subjects. And I think what we have to do is train ourselves to realize that stuff is all around us, offering us inspirational thoughts and ideas and prompts. But we have to step away from the comfort zone of our traditional study modes and just live with our head on swivel and our antennae tuned in to life and to what's going on around us. And there's just tons of stuff from that that I've captured over the years. And great messages and stuff that's gone around the world came from just me walking the dog, seeing something, capturing it, and, and it becoming a whole series of teaching that really helped people all over the world. So that's what I mean by that. I'm looking forward to uh, this masterclass. It's uh, on September 5 at the Dream Centre Church at the Gold Coast. Uh, and yes. uh, if people want to find out more details, they can look up the website, paulscanlon.com, uh, to find all the details there. And uh, maybe they need to 
contact your PA and uh, you know get some advice because you, you've got an Aussie PA, haven't you? I've got an Aussie PA. She is fantastic, <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping she's going to be around at the time because she's there at the moment in Australia. It's amazing. This remote working is fantastic. Thank God for social media and for phones and for able to work that way. So yeah, my, my PA. I live in England. She's in Australia. Go figure. Isn't that amazing? Hannah Truscott, amazing woman of God, and uh, she, she's, she's from sharp, yeah. she's from quite a well-known family in Australia. Uh, her her, uh, her relatives were in a band called Family, weren't they? Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know, really. I didn't know that. She yeah. never told me that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep, yeah. she's she's like Christian rock and roll royal, royalty in Australia, you know. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to stir her up for me. Uh, now, mate, the other thing um, we wanted to mention just before we we wrap it up uh, is you know the most important message any anyone can communicate is the message of the gospel. There might be people yeah. listening to this that have never heard the gospel. Would you share with the listeners yeah. what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? In essence, the gospel is good news. And what we have discovered through our relationship with God is the greatest news on the planet that is untold in much of the world and most of the world probably is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago out of a deep, deep love and concern for humanity. And he sent Jesus, who only lived a short life, but in that short life, he began to change the world. And then he died on the cross and rose on the third day and commissioned us, the church, in every single generation that we are alive, to tell the world, through all modern means possible, to tell the world the essence of this message, that God loves humanity, that God is in love with people, that people are the best idea that God ever had, but most of the people in the world don't know that. And our job as Christians that have discovered that and are living in the good of that just simply cannot and must not keep that to ourselves. And so our message to the world is that God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not making his mind up about you. He's not standing at a distance from you. He's not wagging a finger at you. That God loves you. God loves people. And the simplest, most childlike thing we have to do is simply believe that about him, turn to him, and open our lives and hearts to him. It all starts there. It's as simple as that. And people think, how can something so magnificent be so simple and that is the mystery of the gospel it is so simple and uh, i gave my life to christ when i was 15 you know well over 40 uh, 50 years ago almost and um and that's what i did when i was a teenager and so that's our simple message is that god loves you he's for you maybe it is your chance and your turn and your moment today whatever you're going through to reach out to him he is absolutely close to every single person well, Paul, thank you so much for sharing that good news with everyone today. And if people want to find out more, uh, the website is paulscanlon.com. Uh, there you can connect uh, with uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can check out Paul's blog and more about his masterclass uh, coming up in Australia. Uh, I reckon you're a history maker, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. You're, you're so welcome. Thanks for the interview. Hope everybody can make the masterclass. It's going to be a fantastic day, that's for sure. I love doing this. So thanks for your interest and thanks for promoting it. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. 
You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 